I'm Ben Strivens. He's John O'Scott. Hi. And together we, we watch anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre. Of the same genre. And watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you'll know what's a surprise hit and what's totally welcome, welcome, come hither all to the podcast that we affectionately know as We Watch Anything. <laughs> It's uh, it's a particularly almost auspicious day. I am very much hoping that by the time you listen to this, it will be auspicious, because we are 14 plays away from 5,000, which sounds like quite a cool number to me. Wow, are we? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. That's not too shabby. Bolstered very recently by... We seem to have gained quite a large slew of new listeners, so I'd like to say a special hello and thank you to listening uh, for all those people who've recently come on board, because it's lovely to have you. Well, and I'm going to say thank you to all the old listeners who've been around for ages, because we still really like you too. That works quite well with our general vibe. I like the new stuff, you like the old stuff. <laughs> Very true. Um, what, what, what are we doing this time, dude? Oh, well, we've watched some movies. We watch three movies, don't we? And then we talk to people about them. Yeah, I take I one, you forgotten. take one. Oh, yeah, we said that in the <laughs> intro. Great. Yeah. No, we, are, we watched three sports documentaries this time. Sports. Um, Slightly prompted by uh, the fact that I've been watching a sort of bunch of TV series sports documentaries and thought, let's mm. watch some feature ones. Well, as well, the last time we did docs, we had a really good time in our last documentaries one. We did movie documentaries and we had such a good episode. Yeah. I really enjoyed those three. Yeah, me too. I've watched, this is the third documentary I've watched for this podcast. Well, the third mm. time I've watched a documentary, you know, you watched more. Oh, of course, two. you did Tower, didn't I you? I did Tower yes. as well. I've just had a great run with docs recently, so I, I'm also slightly swayed by that. Yeah. Do you remember watching sports docs when you were a kid? Because for me, they were definitely something I slightly bonded with my dad over. I remember watching like documentaries about Bodyline and Don Bradman and the Olympics and sp sprinters and stuff. I might have and, watched um, the odd uh, uh, cycling one because my dad was quite into cycling, but not oh, into really? many other sports. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah, well, I was talking of cycling, one of the really good ones I saw recently was that Lance Armstrong one that was Storyville on BBC. Oh, I haven't it seen was, that yet. Oh, it was, it's really interesting. I mean, mm. Mm, wow. Yeah, just really... <laughs> strange individual and um, yeah really good sort of 360 story which gets yeah. input from everyone it's great it's oh, really cool. good really so good. when I was choosing these I kind of um, I, I sort of went for a different vibe than we could have done because well, initially I looked and there were three documentaries about the same snowboarder which I could, which I haven't actually watched um, and I could have just made us watch but it would have been incredibly oh selfish I'm glad you didn't do that <laughs> well no it's, it's progression I could I could talk about this for hours um, but we didn't do that I and mean, then I thought no. let's go for some things you know that um, we maybe stuff that we're not necessarily already interested in um, I could and I'm going to do it now have pushed one particular sports documentary that I might have a producer credit on. Oh, really? <laughs> Which I think might have been a bit uh, rude <laughs> to make you review it. But if you do want to watch anything about uh, the most successful poker player of all time, check out Kid Poker. King Poker. Kid. Okay. Kid Poker. Kid Poker. Okay, that's important to get that right. Yeah, Kid I'm Poker. I am going to get the plug in there because uh, I can't help it. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah, um, but yeah. So I went for I went for a, a triplet of stuff that uh, yeah, because there was also there was a rugby documentary about the um, 
uh, about the World Cup winning England rugby Building team. Jerusalem? Yes, Building Jerusalem. Yeah, I've not watched that. Yeah, no, I, I sort of could have made us watch that. But then again, it would have just been a bit too much like, hey, something I'm really interested in. Let's just watch a documentary about that. And I don't yeah. think you're already starting from the point of view of, of something that, you know, you're, you're already won over yeah. to a certain degree. No, I agree. And the great thing is, that I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? A good sports doc is just a good documentary. It tells exactly. a good story and it doesn't matter whether you're interested in the sport or not. People always said that about Senna and a few other of the really big yeah, successful docs recently that, that they're just they're just good no matter whether you're interested in the sport or not. And so... That being said, Jono, what do you watch? <laughs> Yay, here I come, people. I watched Ice Guardians from yes. uh, a recent 2016 documentary uh, directed by Brett Harvey. Um, I, I really, really wanted to watch this. <laughs> yeah, I know we did talk about it a bit because yeah, we we both said, "Oh, you could take it, I could take it." In the end, I took it, and I'm very glad I did. Um, it's uh, it's all about fighting in hockey, basically. Yay. Yeah, ice hockey. <laughs> yeah, obviously ice hockey. called Ice Guardians. Brilliant, I'm a genius. Yeah. <laughs> but more specifically, it's about um, the rise of in in the professional ranks of the NHL of enforcers. So these were big, immensely tough dudes who began to be picked for teams um, not because they were particularly skilled on the ice although obviously <laughs> they could skate but because they were good at beating people up and it was so people on opposing teams didn't take cheap shots at members of the enforcers team <laughs> yeah so they're so, kind of like protecting their star guys I guess are they? exactly exactly and so uh, during the course of the film we, we we meet a whole load of them there's loads of talking heads and it charts the sort of the development of how they they rose, you know. Fighting was always part of the sport. You know, it's always been a relatively violent sport in in mm. some ways. But it was how in the seventies and eighties, particularly, more and more tough players began to be picked. And then through to the nineties and noughties, when fights, it's weird. They almost seemed like choreographed. You know, it's literally sort of gloves down, and they kind of look like they're about to have a boxing Isn't match. Is there a the... rule though, or something about having to take their gloves off? I'm sure they yeah. They, yeah, yeah, yeah there yeah. used to be a thing about fighting could happen anytime, and now there's it's sort of it's it's condoned but within certain parameters. Exactly, exactly. So, but as an outsider to the sport, it just it seemed really you know kind yeah. of when you first saw it. But anyway, and then it comes through to the, the it traces it through to the present day where regulations are changing and basically the role of the enforcers coming to an end. Now, I, sh I should say before I go on, I have not seen the film Goon, The Last of the Enforcers. No, neither have I, but I've no, heard which, quite good things about it. I've heard okay things about it, and I feel like in ways as background reading, as it were, I should have watched that as well, because yeah. it is currently on Netflix. And there's also, there's another documentary called, oh, Ice Gladiators or something like that. Isn't that the one you just watched? No, 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 this oh, is Ice Guardians. Guardians. There's, yeah. some, there's something with gladiators in the title. I've, suddenly, I've forgotten the title, but... So this is a more recent one. And um, anyway, so I got into a good start with this film because um, it just because it had two two films in my mind that it, it, it conjured up were Happy Gilmore and Swingers. Happy Gilmore, of course, because he's essentially, you know, a, a wannabe enforcer yes. who turns to gold. And <laughs> Swingers because... And swingers, because I always love that scene when they're playing ice hockey on Sega and they make when head Gretzky's head bleed. <laughs> yeah, I so I immediately found myself sort of chuckling just thinking about them. Mm. Um, and uh, and just, I, I suppose, at first, just the important point that this documentary gets across is that these people aren't just fighting sort of for no reason. They're not just violent dicks for no yeah. reason. They are there to protect their team and they're there to be the punishment that five minutes in the sin bin for foul play fails to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. apparently the point they make sort of in the first third of the movie is that apparently 
in the lower leagues where there aren't sort of where there weren't enforcers, it was always worse because there are loads of violent cheap shots all the time, violent players. And if there's a star player, they really get whacked all the time and they face really bad injuries. And it's, sure. when the, with these enforcers around, it really did mean that the star players were relatively free to play the game. And it's really interesting because. So obviously uh, Wayne Gretzky is not he's not he's not a talking head on this but obviously they yeah. talk about him and they when he rose to fame particularly in the Edmonton Oilers you know he was quite skinny but people didn't mess with him because of like people call like there's this bloke called Dave Semenko who talks a lot and um Kevin McClellan I think he was and Marty McSorley no but the point is that these guys and and they got to a stage where when Wayne Gretzky was uh, traded to when he went to the LA Kings his mm. enforcer from the Edmonton Oilers went with him as part of the deal really? that's crazy yeah. I guess, so it's I guess just like having a private bodyguard then yeah it's kind of just amazing thought and um, yeah so I think you can tell I really did enjoy this documentary you, yeah, you very are, much you know even, I just even in an audio sense you're grinning from here to ear <laughs> I know and I just it, 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 but it was mainly because like um, the interviewees are all really interesting. Now the, the, the characters from the actual game are interesting. They're quite funny. You know, they they're very tough men, obviously. But it's not just people within the game. Like there's this really interesting criminologist who's interviewed. There's this psychologist who's interviewed. They've got quite a sort of wide picture. Now I should also say that this film is definitely pro fighting in hockey you know right it, it's so very it's pleased like that it happens this exists sort of uh yeah and it so it's it's not sort of but i think that's also you know that it, it 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 sort of wears its heart on its sleeve and it also it does make quite a good argument i think for these aren't just sort of idiotic thugs these are quite sort of these are human beings and and it turns and what and in in the final sort of third it turns to it turns into a sort of wider look at professional sports and the rise of frankly awful injuries in games like in all kinds of games but in particularly games like you know rugby and american football yeah which and, is and looks at the sort of wider problem of these of these things because the whole thing is that hockey's enforcers aside the enforcers aren't the ones that cause the worst problems it's these it's because their safety equipment has improved that now they do these absolutely insane body checks on each other you know they just fl fling themselves as fast as a human being can at other human beings yeah and then have these terrible concussions and that's a bigger problem than enforcers ever were again that's the the party line of this documentary but Anyway, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I mean, in terms of the way it's sort of directed, I think it's just done well without necessarily being groundbreaking. Yeah. The music, one criticism is I thought the music was a little bit stock library music, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it was still fairly well chosen. And um, and I just, yeah, I just thought it was good. <laughs> and I do have, if you're interested, a best line, worst line. So it's, a, it's a bit that I really like. Is it again? It's towards in the first third of the film, and they're talking about training and how they were taking on more and more training regimes that, frankly, boxers would use. You know, and there's yeah. this guy called um, Scott Parker, whose um, nickname is the Sheriff. They all had really funny nicknames as well, oh, actually, awesome. like Knuckles and the Sheriff. But anyway, I'm, I, I'm, I don't think my delivery will be very good, but I just want to. So this is him describing his workouts. In my off season, I started to adapt some kind of medieval workouts. I had some issues with the hands. I I had palm olive hands, just soft, and I used to wrap my hands with these types of chains and then go around and whack trees and just try to beat up my knuckles as much as I possibly could. And then they started callousing up and then you make them like leather and then they could take a lot more abuse when you use them as hammers on people's faces. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
dear. That's awesome. Good old Scott Parker. Uh, there's this, and one, oh, and one thing that just made me sad is that there was this one of the talking heads um, was this guy called Dave Semenko. He just came across. He was he was one of these enforcers. He was kind of an earlier generation, but he died only last year. But he was so cool in this documentary. He's one of the talking heads, and he just has the that, most for some reason that cool ice ice. His eyes were just terrifying, and he just I just, I just thought this is my new favorite human being. And then he turns out that he died last year, so I just felt quite sad. Anyway, it's a really good film. I'm giving this B plus. Okay, good good. I mean, does it made you? Contemplate strapping on some skates and smacking someone in the face. Or, oh uh... God, no, 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 no. I just, I just found it. I just thought it was a good documentary, and um, I thought it made its points very well. And I thought it made uh, it was, just, it was quite powerful and moving towards the end as well. It's just, yeah, it's good. I, so yeah, okay, fine. I think anyone who's interested in in sport will enjoy this, and just contact sport particularly. But it's a great film. Yeah, no, I, I, like, I'm definitely going to watch it. I mean, obviously, exactly, you were very enthusiastic about it, but you know, it's something I wanted to watch anyway because I kind of figure it's interesting. But um, yeah, but that has you been an even more ringing endorsement. Yes. All right. Well, I was at my most ringingest. You did. You were just like a small bell. Well, I did. I did honestly contemplate an A, but I just felt like it wasn't groundbreaking enough to be an yeah, A. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm with you on that. I, it's just yeah, a well, really I'm, good, I'm solid, that. interesting dot. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, well, we'll we'll go straight to mine then. I mean, Good. I um, I picked for myself something that you may have had an interest in, but I myself had no interest in. <laughs> Almost a negative interest because the amount of people I know on social media who um, post about their runs <laughs> and things makes me want to sit even more solidly on my couch. <laughs> I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I like this sport, but. Uh, I've never, ever, even from the youngest age, enjoyed distance running. Sprinting, mm. fun. Distance, bad. <laughs> so the movie I watched, or the doc I watched, is called The Barclay Marathons, The Race That Eats Its Young. And we did talk about this. <laughs> Maybe more to you because you do like a run, and I really don't, and I don't really care very much about running. I, um, I don't post about my runs, though, I would point out. That Go is on. entirely true. You don't shove your straff <laughs> down my neck, which is... Uh, <laughs> A slightly painful thought. Um, <laughs> it was made by two documentarians mm. um, called Timothy James Kane and Annika Iltis. They funded the whole thing um, on an Indiegogo kick, and in a Kickstarter campaign. Oh, cool. They use a whole bunch of... They like, have a few crews around, but they use like motion um, sensor cameras at certain points. Oh, oh yeah, right. and it's all sort of inspired by this prison break, but it isn't really. But there's a great portion uh-huh. of the run that goes under a prison, which is very cool. So, the Barclay Marathons, it transpires, is aptly named as marathons because it is a sequence of five, ostensibly 20 mile, but most runners say they're basically 26 miles, uh, marathons that have to be completed over the course of 60 hours. Which doesn't in some ways sound too bad because you kind of think, you, you know, if you do five marathons, 10 hours each, that's not too bad, but it does happen to be across the um, Tennessee backcountry, oh, lunatic countryside. I don't want to give too much away because you'll find out a lot if you watch this. But uh, the way they say, essentially, they run five loops. They call them. Right. So they run the trail once clockwise in day, then once clockwise in night. Once anti-clockwise in day, once anti-clockwise in night, 
And then the final one, you have to either go clockwise or anti-clockwise, depending on who finishes the the fourth loop first. He gets to pick which way he wants to go, or she does. Um, And that sounds quite sort of formulized. That's great. But it's not. It's absolutely mental. (laughs) Up until the point this documentary was made, which is... It was made about the 2012... Um, oh, is it? Marathons, okay. I believe. Um, and th- for that period, they've been going on for a number of years. You know, they were in their teens at the very least. Only 10 people had ever finished the Barclay Marathons. Oh, wow. Okay. They have, if you finish three, then that's an achievement. But only 10 people had ever finished the four Barclay Marathons. <laughs> you, you climb the equivalent, apparently, it's the equivalent of climbing two Mount Everests with descents with the terrain that they choose the terrain oh. changes every time when you turn up um, there is a master trail map you then have to transfer that detail to your map work it out because it's not actual physical trails you're going through you're yomping through the woods through gorse bushes and you're not allowed GPS mobile phones compasses I think you're, sorry, you're allowed a compass I believe right um, and you can choose how much break you take whatever you do if you complete one loop and want to lie down for an hour that's absolutely fine but from the time you start there is a 60 hour time limit to complete the five marathons in okay uh, it was set up by this guy who's sort of affectionately known as Lazarus who was just you could not imagine a more uh, uh, he's sort of the epitome of a sort of of a lunatic guy who lives in Tennessee who decided to come up with the most fiendish thing he could. He's got these sort of like staring bug eyes. He's got this, he's constantly on the verge of some kind of, he looks like he's got a, a joke playing in the back of his head the whole time. He comes across as being pretty smart. Awesome. And just like, he's, he's like Puck. He's an absolute Puck. He's yeah. just this little trickster figure who just made this ultimate marathon. <laughs> I, I didn't know anything about this. I don't know anything about running. Apparently, mm. among the elite ultra runners and stuff, if you're if you're if you're into ultras and things, you know about the Buckley marathons. Only okay. forty. Oh, that's the other thing. Only forty people are accepted. Uh, the well, every year to try. Every it, year, yeah. Only forty right. people are accepted. You have to write an essay. Oh my god! Um, and he, what's really cool is he keeps the fee down to the entry fee is one dollar sixty. <laughs> oh, wow, that's cool. And a number plate from your state or country, if you're the first timer. If you're if you're racing it for the second or third or whatever time, then the entry fee is different. It's still one dollar sixty. But one year he decides he wants white shirts, so everyone brought a white shirt. One year he decides he wants some flannel shirts, so everyone brought some some flannel shirts. Um, and but he, yeah, you know, the whole ethos is that anyone can run this. You can be a college student, you can be whatever. Mm. And is there is a striking number of um, grad students and people like that running this there's not it's not very meat heady the bunch of people that they get predominantly male there are a few ladies also doing it mm. um, but it's yeah it's an interesting spread of people and some people are just there just to you know just to push themselves without any real belief they're going to finish they also nominate one person who they let through who they know has got not a chance on earth and he wears the number one <laughs> and it's like this strange sadistic joy they get out of <laughs> setting him free uh, it sounds, it sound, I mean, he sounds really cool, this Lazarus figure. He's he fantastic. quite a funny man. Oh, he starts the race. <laughs> the race is started. You don't know what time it's going to start. So everyone's right. there in a tent, and they blow a conch shell <laughs> and wake everyone up. 
and let him let him uh, let him off. But he starts the race by lighting a cigarette, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then everyone just goes off. It's it's sort of almost like orienteering for the lunatic. Um, he uh, also uh, he 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 hides books around the trail. And you rip out a page of the book that corresponds to your race number so that he knows, kind of like orienteering, so that you know you've hit yeah. these certain points and not just got completely lost or, or, or cheated. You may be able to tell that I quite enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah you do sound like you enjoyed it. <laughs> it was fantastic. I almost watched it again. Oh, I often really? watch these movies again um, to, to talk about them. And I really, I this one, I absolutely... Um, I sort of veered between the two because I really wanted to watch it again. And I thought, actually, maybe not. Maybe I'll just watch it once and keep it sort of fresh. Yeah, I, I, I will watch it again in the next couple of weeks. It's fantastic. Oh, cool. It's, it's, for some it reason, I don't me... know why, because I knew you were not anti-running, but not into running vibe. Mm. For some reason, I kind of assumed, oh, I bet Ben's going to hate this. If it had been a bunch of people road running or whatever and it'd be like mm. yeah I push myself to the limit. <laughs> um, and it is people pushing themselves to the limit and I'm not yeah. really tell you what happens because that would really spoil it for you because I really 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 want you to watch this whoever you are you will enjoy this we're talking about this is is what I wanted to find I wanted to find a great documentary about a subject I didn't care about that I got really engaged in and it's not not like Senna because you get you know Senna's very emotional there is some Mm. emotion in this don't get me wrong but actually Mm. it's way more fun than that it's way more fun than it has any right to be <laughs> it's really, really enjoyable. It's a really insane race, and I have utmost respect for the people who do it. And it did actually slightly make me go, "That looks quite cool." Maybe I, mm, <laughs> maybe uh, I'll do go, that. Wow, they're really, really in good shape, aren't they? Yeah. They'd probably give um, you the number one shirt, wouldn't they? Oh, it would be stapled <laughs> to my forehead. There's not a chance on earth. Um, but oh, I'm definitely going to watch this. This sounds it's great. brilliant. It's really great fun. I mean, mm. there, there are a few, there, there are loads of quotes actually, and I, there are so many that I just got a bit sort of snowed in. Oh, um, is this best line, worst line? Time? Yeah, I guess best line. <laughs> Maybe it was good luck, you morons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, that's <laughs> he sets off the race. <laughs> good luck, you like... morons. He sounds like Marky basically... Smith. He does basically go, what are you thinking? Why are you doing this? Oh, wow. That sounds really cool. What's the title again, dude? Give us the title again. uh, It is called The Barclay Marathons, The Race That Eats Its Young, released in 2014. Okay, Okay, cool. Watch it and love it. Oh, it sounds it sounds awesome, dude. It sounds awesome. What, uh, so, what, have you said what you're giving it? Sorry, I've forgotten if you've uh, said no, that. No, I haven't. It's a, it's a big fat B+. Plus. A, a what plus? A, a B+. Plus, an easy oh, that's, B+. Plus. We've had two B pluses. Yay! That is awesome news. By the way, anyone else who's into sort of extreme running type things, I'm not into. I I do like a bit of running, but I'm not an extreme runner. But they should just word search Bob Graham Round, and you can just find this insane fell running dude from the oh, 1930s. Really? Yeah, it's insane. Anyway, just a little aside for you there, dude. A little aside. Thanks. Um, shall well, we move on to our third film? I think we should. Yeah. Yeah. So I watch one. You watch one. Now it's time for one. We both watch. Yay! What's that, Jono? <laughs> uh. Valley Uprising? That's what it's called. <laughs> what year Nailed. was it made, I dude? I thought it was me who's meant to be crap at <laughs> <laughs> No, I know. I just suddenly had a mental block. What year was it made? One of them. <laughs> you mean? Anyway, the Valley Uprising, it's from 2014, and it's all about mountain climbing in Yosemite Valley, specifically about a 50-year period in the history yeah. of mountain climbing, climbing in Yosemite Valley. 
And Pun? mountain climbing. Mountain climbing, rock climbing. I, I, I think of it as more as rock climbing. Oh, yeah, I suppose so. All right, let's call it climbing. I like it. Yeah, good work. Yeah. No, you're right. I hadn't thought. I th- yeah. hadn't thought. But anyway, yes, you're right. They're climbers, and it's all about the national park. And there are two. It's El Capitan is one particularly famous bit yes. in the 70s, isn't it? And there's Which, another um, one. Yeah. You know, Apple the... started naming their operating systems off. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Basically, it's divided up into three chapters. In the 60s, you have this. Um, you meet these two characters called Royal Robbins and someone Harding. Yes. And, um, and basically, that the first section is them and that's sort of late 60s and then section two is the early 70s when they're sort of replaced by this sort of counterculture sort of generation of new climbers yeah and then the third chapter of the film is more into you know takes it up to the present day with um sort of more base jumpery types yeah so the first sort of third of the movie maybe a little bit shorter than that but it is is this Royal Robbins character who had who started having a a sort of yeah a, a belief system of how climbing should be yeah, quite and then zen, his sort of yeah quite a zen character and then his sort of enemy as such was was Harding was it Robert Harding Rupert yeah, Harding so. or who but, was just basically a giant booze monster yeah who booze monster who lived with his mum and then <laughs> but not used like to that. just no but just used to drink all the time and and basically they started slightly sort of the first bit really focuses on those you know it's like Frost versus Nixon you know Robbins yeah, versus but, Harding but they were very much yeah sort of egging each on each other mm. on to do bigger and better and more um, more difficult climbs essentially starting off with like Half Dome yeah Half the Dome other mountain. Yes. thank you yes. um, and then moving on to conquering El Capitan and then once they'd conquered El Capitan the film follows them and their, their the people who came after them yeah. conquering both in a different in different ways. So like El yeah. Capitan's got a sort of nose they go up and then there's harder tracks that they start doing and then Harding's thing was he always took loads of equipment. Like he took like well, he took like several months to get up yeah. El Capitan first time and then gradually that was whittled down until now you get sort of like these speed climbers who can do, do it a couple in, of hours. Which yeah. is just unbelievable. Um, really is incredible but um, yeah I mean that's what it's all about I mean it does so in the first half of the film particularly it's got it uses lots of photographs basically doesn't it yeah yeah absolutely and then I think some uh, some doc footage from something that was made relatively in the the 60s or something as well there's some yeah so there's loads of that sort of thing you see in documentaries where they sort of animate the images to sort of bring them to life quite a lot they do they do it a lot and then obviously the more recent stuff there's much more sort of just footage of people prancing around and, and climbing a lot yeah and then it, and, and yeah and there's well, sort of, so, um, so they, they sort of ended then they had the stone masters who came after them who were sort of even more hippie counter-cultury. and country and, yeah. and the sort of the big leader of the stone masters ended up dropping acid as he was climbing and things yeah. but they, they from what I've read about I know nothing about climbing culture but the stone masters are sort of the people that are revered Royal Robbins is up there on a massive pedestal, but the Stone Masters, I think, because they were just that bit cooler, mm. are the lot who are sort of like talked about over and over again, basically. Yeah, and then um, and Lynn Hill was one of them, and she was the first to. We we we. we she's one of the talking heads. She's great, and yeah, she was the first fantastic. to free free climb El Capitan. And then yes. then came I didn't the... realize, which I learned from this, the whole the free climbing doesn't actually mean going without ropes. That's free climb 
soloing is that what it is yeah exactly which uh, you, which you learn about right towards the end with that guy yeah. just doing that insane climb that really I found I, my, the hair was standing up yeah I, just, no, I was I, feeling I, physically unwell at the point <laughs> yeah he's just this guy and all he's got is like his outfit you know and, and his fingers and a, and a powder you know a chalk powder in a little yeah. bag you know and that's it and he's just climbing up this thing that just yeah made me feel queasy yeah and that, that so it came you had the initial lot, then the stone masters, then the stone monkeys. I yes, they called themselves. Which this lad is, yeah, they're, they're a bit more bass jumpy and yeah, um, wing yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, and free climb solo e. Mm. Who and that's and that's the people who currently reside there essentially, or try to reside there because they keep getting kicked out. I have a question for you, Ben. Mm. What did you think of Valley Uprising? Well, I thought it was essentially quite interesting to begin with, and then it just went on and on <laughs> and on, and it just was so in love with its subject matter that it was relatively not inaccessible. Because I thought the Roll Robin stuff was really interesting. Some of the mm. Stone um, uh, Masters thing were kind of interesting, and then I've just thought. I, I, I don't like some of these people very much and I don't mm. care that much because essentially these people are just sort of getting better at climbing the same bit of the <laughs> Can I just say... OK, it's interesting. We, uh, I, I, I think I, I get the impression I liked it more than you, but I, in my notes... I've oh, I did how, quite like it, but... Yeah, I was starting to lose interest mm. and, I, and I've written... <laughs> I'm just getting a bit bored of people being really good at climbing. I know, this and, is I've, what and I've it written. Is. It's like watching a documentary about football, where it says, "And then came another footballer, and he was really good too. And he was followed by another footballer who was really, really good. He and then came this other guy goal. who was excellent." Yeah, I know. But so I think I was getting bored. But then but towards the end, I noticed that I kept on having. I kept noticing I had really clammy hands, you know, from watching all this terrible. Oh, I just stuff, had that tingly so. feeling on my yeah. feet because what I did find out actually is that one of the guys who they featured very heavily towards the end who was the smuggest one of them, mm. um, died wingsuiting in Yosemite and smashed him because he just went straight into a rock. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. right. I didn't read that. No. No. Okay. Mm. But it's had... I read a bit around this, and it's had, like, from the rock climbing community, it's had a bit of a mixed reaction. I think some of it's probably a bit unfair, and I've had it read a couple of articles where they've said maybe we're being unfair, because it says, like anything, they discount a lot of stuff. Yeah. Of, there's a lot of people they don't talk about they do make a nice effort at the end to go, I was going to say here's all the people yeah, we didn't talk about they, they sort of say Yosemite because it's all about Yosemite we should make it clear that it doesn't really go outside Yosemite for the whole thing uh, but then right at the end it sort of yeah it says something like there's just a caption that comes up that says something like um there were many more people involved in the story of Yosemite. Here are a few of them, and it shows a picture of some grizzled old dude from the Vic- yeah. like, looks like late Victorian era. And I, I thought, yeah, I thought that was quite a good, a good little way to end yeah. it. You know, just acknowledging we've told our story is not the but whole not story. the full story. Yeah, and I, I thought it was very, what I thought interesting. Let's, let's boil this down. What I found interesting is I did not realise how sort of counterculture rock climbing was in the late no, 50s, 60s, either. 70s. So it was these people who were complete bums. They, they had no no source of income essentially, no um, no desire to do anything but camp in Yosemite and rock climb to the point where like one of them went to the store and bought a bunch of almost off cat food and that's what they lived off for months. Oh god, yeah, which is just mental. Yeah, at no yeah. point in your life do you think cat food? That's a good idea. Yeah, ooh, maybe with enough ketchup. No, never. So I don't care how much you love your sport, um, but. 
once and I thought that was really interesting I didn't know anything about that and I thought that was cool and then you've got these guys with the rivalry I'm like that's pretty cool too and then Mm. there was this story about the stone masters who came after where they started to as they got quite famous and they started to move away from counterculture and well it almost seemed like they were some of the first people who were counterculture brand ambassadors you know they were signed to represent big brands and then the infighting started and like they could have really explored that but they sort of just glossed over that yeah because they wanted to tell us about some other people who were really good at rock climbing yeah and that's where i would have really finished that documentary Mm. or explored the area more and had it in an hour and a half but i think they 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 did to attend to that's a very good observation. I agree. Some of the and more I, but interesting I, bits. But I think they did just pull it round, and I thought it, it went out on a high. So mm. for me, it sort of I, it, it had re it had regathered my interest by the end. But I agree, it kind of it, it just it just gets a bit repetitive, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, mm. you could have just gone the infighting bit. And by the way, now there's this bloke who's climbing El Capitan without any ropes or anything. Isn't he mental? Don't you feel uncomfortable? <laughs> yeah. And I really yeah. do feel uncomfortable watching it. Yeah. Um. Do you have a best line, worst line? No, uh, apart from the stuff about the cat food, that was my best line, but I can't remember exactly what he said. No, that's a good one. I definitely have a worst line. Oh, 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 good, good, good. We've only had best lines so far. Yeah, well, this is the worst line, and it is the worst line, I think, by frickin' Miles. And I'm not going to give you the the actual line because it's it, but basically it's in the counterculture section mm. it's in part two and there's this bloke called Bridwell or Bridwell Bridwell I think who's who's a really influential guy and he comes across yeah. as a cool guy don't get me wrong because you see him then and you see him now yeah and he mentions good drugs and how you could get good psychedelics back then and you and then they they, like I say, they do a lot of animation of photographs, and you yes. see this old photo of him with sunglasses, and they put this psychedelic light show in oh, his sunglasses. Yeah. And I thought that bit was annoying, but then they make his face go into this sort of terrible Photoshop <laughs> grin, and I and and I was just thought that is total shit, and I hated it. And they put that. I looked at it. They put that in the trailer, so they obviously think what? this is really awesome. It's not. Sorry. This is one thing actually I noticed about it that I didn't know. It sounds like yours didn't have, mine certainly didn't have, is this had a lot of money behind it. Mm. And they did a lot of unnecessary stuff like that mm. where they could have been telling a better story. They got Peter Sarsgaard to to voice it. I really like Peter Sarsgaard. Mm. But uh, I way preferred the stripped down Indiegogo Kickstarter doc that mm. actually got to the heart of why these people run these ridiculous races and why this lunatic sits there just grinning and laughing and got me to really care about the people yeah. and to care about the thing whereas um, I think Valley Uprising got me to go hmm that's quite interesting <laughs> you can stop now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I think we are in quite a similar place about yeah. it alright well that's good I mean personally C dude plus? I'm, I'm, I'm going to give this a C plus yeah, yeah me too C plus and I well, definitely think well I definitely think people should watch it I do, yeah, I yeah. do th- it's still a recommend from me I think and just yeah, just persevere through the bit where you're going. Oh, I don't care about the people who are good at climbing rocks. To the bit where you go, <laughs> wow, this kid's really good at climbing rocks with no ropes, and that feels weird. I know, God, he's insane. That last, he guy. is insane. It's incredible. But I yeah, I did see if he was dead. And he's not. No, no, I checked. I did look him up, but I really yeah. liked Royal Robbins. I thought he. Yeah, me too. I thought. Really and in fact, cool Royal Robbins. Is, what's really interesting is, is like he was the progenitor of all this stuff. It would seem mm. he's still alive and very much, you know, yeah. able and to like comment Pete on Seeger. stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
I did enjoy one of the guys who cloned with him who's just really angry, the guy with the round head of the moustache. He was just yeah, really angry at everything. And he looks like a post office manager yeah. or something. He was <laughs> dropping the F-bomb left, right and centre and really angry about everything. <laughs> yeah, he kept saying, talking about how, yeah, it's really spiritual to go climbing and all that fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of his lines awesome. was something like that. Yeah, he was hilarious. He looks like yeah, a dad with a shotgun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, good, well... We had a good time at Sports Docs, dude. We did. Didn't we? we did. We do like. We did like our Sports Docs, and I, I heartily encourage you to watch all and every one of them. I think. Yeah, me too. I'm um, certainly going to be watching yours. Okay, so next time I've I've had an idea, dude, and I think it's quite a good idea. And I'm ways I'm surprised we've never touched on it before. Do you want to know what it is? Oh, I cannot wait <laughs> to find out what it is. You suspense monger. <laughs> suspense monger like that. Superheroes. Oh, superheroes. I guess we've probably shied away from it because it's all so Marvel, 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 DC, DC, DC. But yeah, there exactly. Have to it's, be superhero movies too... out there that are not part of that clan. Exactly. It's too big a budget almost. You know, the bit the, the nearest we actually got to superheroes was in our vampire episode with My Dracula Untold, which oh, felt yeah. like a sort of superhero reboot film. But anyway, superheroes, we've never touched on them before. Let's find three weird superhero films or bad superhero films and see if they're actually good that's awesome next week or next time we touch on superheroes woohoo now we've decided what we're going to do next maybe that's tickled your interest maybe you have an opinion about what we should do next and if so we'd like to hear it or maybe you should have an opinion what we shouldn't do next let us know get in touch we can be found most easily on twitter at we watch anything I generally tend to respond to that we can be found not very visibly on Facebook with the uh, slash for which anything because I really haven't updated that in a while and for that I apologise or we can be got on email um, we watch anything at gmail.com any of those ways get in touch tell us what you'd like us to review or tell us if you disagree with our reviews tell us if you've seen something you thought was utterly terrible that we recommended or there's something that we you love that we slated anyway mm. just, just get in touch come on over say hi tell us what you had for breakfast it doesn't matter <laughs> we'd very much like to hear from you Usually. we've had some really lovely reviews recently as well on mm. the iTunes store and if you feel like writing a review that would be blooming marvellous too so until next time until next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks There'll for be listening. more for, for you in the next couple of weeks. Keep your eyes peeled to that podcast page or just, for, you know, subscribe because then it'll just yeah. get given to you. Just subscribe. That's what I always say, dude. By the way, OJ Simpson made in America the first series, the first the first episode. It's quite good. <laughs> <laughs> I always do this right at the end. Dead recommend, Ron. <laughs> right, bye, everyone. Bye. So, yeah, uh, we'll be with you soon. <laughs> Goodbye all. Bye.